Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Malcolm, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Since then, I've launched the Newcomer Collective, home of this podcast, as well as the New to Canada Academy, the step-by-step online video course that guides you through everything you need to build a new life in Canada that you love. You can learn more at thenewcomercollective.com. Join me on this show as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. If you're inspired by Money Mindset podcasts, this is the episode for you. There comes a time in your immigration journey when you'll start looking to the future and thinking about ways of building your wealth in Canada long term. This episode's guest, Thomasin Salam, is originally from Lagos, Nigeria, and moved to Canada in 2011 to pursue his entrepreneurial dreams. Together, we chat about the art of taking educated risks and grabbing the endless opportunities that Canada has to offer. For you to build anything, it's sort of like building a house. There's a building block, right? You have to get building blocks to say, what do I want to achieve by the five, six, 10, 20 years and build structure around it? You know, what community do I want to associate with? You know, focus on the end game, you know, where you're headed. When you get that money, you have to be thinking of how do I double this money? What kind of investments can I be doing? What kind of side hustles can I be doing? Those are the ways you build wealth in Canada. Thomason talks us through his journey from selling clothes out of the trunk of his car to now being the CEO of his own fintech company, Fiat Match, an initiative that helps immigrants navigate the financial challenges of living in a new country. Thomason's entrepreneurial spirit is contagious as well as his courage and ambition. So if you're feeling stuck in the corporate grind and wanting to achieve more, here's the inspiration you've been waiting for. Let's start the show. Hello, Thomason. How are you? I am doing great. Thanks for the opportunity. Yes, thank you so much for being here. Because yeah, getting your finances in order when you move to a new country is so, so important. We all know it. But um, yeah, it's not ever something that we necessarily want to talk about or learn a lot about. It's just one of life's, you know, adulting Absolutely. necessities. And yeah, the more resources that we can share that that makes it a little more understandable, a little more fun, the the better, in my opinion. So so yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing your best tips and and all about the work you do to um to yeah help immigrants specifically with their finances in Canada. So yeah, thanks for your time. Thank you so much. I I, I love the opportunity. Amazing. I was just saying before the call, I was on your LinkedIn and I was thinking, oh my gosh, this man is so busy. We're very lucky yeah. to have him. So <laughs> got lots on the go. That entrepreneurial spirit that all of the immigrants of Canada are known for. So yeah, I've got another one in our midst, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the entrepreneur's journey is something that I feel you have to have a mind for because it's challenges all year round from different angles. So you have to be sort of prepared mentally to be able to withstand, you know, 
hardship, challenges, yeah. you know, opportunities when they come. So yeah, this is one of them. Um, always love sharing a lot of ideas on my journey because, you know, there are mistakes that I have made along the way that could have sped up, you know, some of the things that I am now doing, but a lot of people coming now, they don't have to go through all of that to start having a, a good life in Canada. That's what I think. Yes. Oh, I completely agree. That's why I started this show. There's no reason for everyone to keep repeating the same mistakes. You know, it's 2023. We have the internet. We have all of these amazing newcomers sharing their stories and their lessons and we can learn from each other. Right. So yeah, I really appreciate it. Awesome. Great. So let's first chat about where you are from. So you were born in Lagos, Nigeria's largest city. The, uh, you know, as Google says, the cultural, financial, entertainment capital of Africa. So yeah, it sounds like a buzzing, buzzing place to be. Tell us all about it. What was it like growing up there? Man, absolutely. So yes, I was born in Lagos. And for those who don't know Lagos, it is, you know, the city that buzzes like New York. I mean, where everyone is trying, you know, to be their best selves, hustling every day, trying to make money and trying to live a good life. Um, I had an interesting childhood because, you know, the beautiful nature of my parents. Um, in today's standards, I would say my parents were a little above the middle class. Uh, my dad was working at the presidency um, and working as the chief planning officer. The title was great. Well, the salary was in all that. So then came this opportunity by Coca-Cola. It was an incredible offer. He joined, became an assistant to the chairman, and then, you know, was given a driver with an old Pojo. And he, he loved, he <laughs> loved it. He loved the new job. This was in the early 90s. And my mom, on the other hand, you know, she was a junior staff working at the Nigerian Ports Authority. But, you know, it was a mega salary but she didn't mind it because it gave her a lot of time to do our businesses. You know, she was selling jewelry and textiles. And that's why I, 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 I got the entrepreneurial bot. I was literally about to say that. That's obviously <laughs> genetic. That runs in your blood, clearly. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So one of the smartest things that I, I think my parents did was they were fairly okay, but we didn't live in a posh area where, you know, folks they work together would work. So I was exposed to two worlds, right? When I went to school, you know, my dad was a corporate guy, believed in education, doesn't believe in entrepreneurship. And then we went to some of the best schools in the neighborhood. So when I went to school, I was, my friends were the kids of the super wealthy, you know, and when I got home, it was almost the opposite. Hey. Right. I remember at the time, one of my friends, the mom was the 15th richest woman in Nigeria. And, you know, she was in oil and gas. But when I, you know, when I came home, most of my friends were folks who lived on less than a dollar a day. So, you know, this shaped, sort of shaped my childhood, knowing not to take things for granted. Mm -hmm. And as the youngest in the family, I learned very quickly. My mom was the type that would, you know, adopt anyone she could help, right? And literally she raised two of her brothers and, you know, right from high school, sent them all the way to, to, to master's level. So I learned from those 
kind of people growing really fast. I could say faster than my peers. I was learning things, you know, some things I, I, I shouldn't be learning, but it was sort of an opportunity for me, which continues to help me today and how I see life. You know, Lagos is a place where there's so much you can do depending on the kind of life you want to pick. Right. Mm-hmm. With my parents, with my dad, it was just a corporate guy, a religious guy. With my mom, it was more of a giver who was always happy to go out of a way, just like my older sister. You know, my uncle and his friends, they were the type that would teach you good stuff and bad stuff. So, you know, how things work. My oldest brother was more of, he exposed me and my immediate brother to sports. He loved chess, you know, soccer, basketball, and table tennis. I actually played table tennis professionally as a kid. So (laughs) (laughs) growing up in Lagos was an opportunity to live amongst the wealthy and the poor, which are great experiences that continues to help me it's definitely there's so much diversity in in Nigeria and and as you said to experience all types of people and all types of I mean there's so many languages and so many you know people there's different things going on and yeah it's like 500 indigenous languages spoken there's all different ethnic groups so yeah that that wide range of experiences from a young age it would be, yeah, it would be so valuable. And that's a trend that I, that I kept seeing. I was watching a lot of YouTube videos about Lagos and the people are just so hardworking, you know, no matter whether you said, you know, you knew someone that was the 15th richest woman or, you know, there's these markets where people pack up on the train tracks and they're selling, you know, all day on the train tracks and they're so warm and welcoming and friendly and selling what they have to on, on the train tracks there. So, um, yeah, definitely a hardworking people. Would you, would you agree? I mean, absolutely. It's one of the happiest places in the world. Even when you're poor, you're happy. Yeah. Yes. You could, you could live a happy life. Yes. You're not, you don't have all the money, but you can still enjoy your life. You can get outside, which is one of the things that I miss. You can get outside and play with your neighbors. You can, you know, see kids playing. Um, and people work really hard. You, you don't have an option mm-hmm. unless, you know, maybe you're the son of a politician where, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's a, it's a place where there's a huge gap between the rich and the poor. So if you're not opportune to have those kind of connections, your only option is that you work really hard. When did you start selling clothes from the trunk of your car? I read that on your LinkedIn. I was like, I have to ask him about that. I can imagine you as a little yeah. kid doing that. It was like quite young. Yes, that was my second year of university. So what, what came about that was I was the youngest. I got a lot of, you know, I wouldn't call myself a sport brat. I should have been sport, but I retrained myself in a way where I was, I was kind of focused. So. I was the only one, my mom, it was her only car at the time. And she gave me that to take to school. It was in another state. So I thought about this and I would think about now I want to start making money because I knew a lot of things that adults did. So I told my mom, you know, how about I take some of these things and sell it at school? And she said, why not? But well, why not? It saves her from giving me pocket money. So I started the first thing I sold was makeup. Right. Makeup, then transition into selling clothing. And, you know, Nigeria is a country where you wouldn't find a lot of designer brands 
like the Gucci, the Zara, they don't have their stores there. So I had families abroad, so I'll get them to send things to me as well and then sell that for a very good price that I'll make a lot of profit. So I built that into a fashion boutique by the time I had graduated because I had made some money that I, 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 I didn't really need and I was still getting pocket money. Sometimes I'll just tell my mom, don't worry, I'm okay, right? So that really helped me learn really fast, had money in the account. Yeah, an interesting journey. That was my first entrepreneur gig and it continues to shape how I live my life today and how I see opportunities. Yeah, that's amazing. We'll definitely get into all your projects very soon. <laughs> so um, with with Nigeria as as a whole, let's chat about, you know, have you explored much of the country? Did you stay in Lagos most of, most of the time? How much of the country have you been able to see? Because I know the trend of, of us travelers is that we go afar and explore the world and then we've never seen our actual home country and left, you know, the town or the city that we were born in. So I'm just curious if you have any recommendations for Nigeria as a country, if we were to visit, uh, what are some of your favorite places? You're totally right um, about <laughs> we not exploring our country. And I, I tell myself, shame on me. I have to go to Nigeria and do that. Yeah. I haven't been to so many states in Nigeria. Uh, I've only been to about four. I lived in Lagos my childhood and adult life until I completed university. And when I completed university, I was independent and I didn't want to be at home. So you know, when you complete your university, you have to serve like a youth core program. It's mandated before you can work. It's a one year service to the country. Um, so I said I wanted to go to the capital, was mm-hmm. working at a government agency, a federal roads maintenance agency. I was really lucky to get that job because that also gave me a lot of experience. It was one of the biggest government agencies in the, in the, country. And at the time, my direct boss was handling bank reconciliation of all the federal roads in Nigeria. So I had to deal with a lot of numbers. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot within that organization. So that took me to the capital. And while I was working there, you know, there'll be sports program and I'll have to go to another city to play table tennis. <laughs> but, you know, Lagos is definitely a city where whatever kind of fun you're looking to have you you you'd have fun yeah and I think that's that's a natural thing to just end up city hopping because that's where the opportunities are and it's interesting because when you think of Nigeria you think of you know there's just such a diverse weather and so much you know you've got deserts plains swamps mountains jungles you know all of that stuff going on and then you don't you don't necessarily think about these big big cities and and everything that's going on there so yeah super interesting um i'm curious as well because obviously you don't get snow in nigeria at all um you get two seasons pretty much you get like the dry season and the wet season is that is that right so what and there's a hamatan Oh, and what's that? Um, uh, it's, um, it's humid. It's cold, um, in a harsh way. Um, some places in Nigeria get really cold. I didn't know that until I moved to Canada. And, you know, because my wife is from the northern part of the Nigeria, she was sending jackets to someone living in the north. And I, I was asking, like, how come? Said it's sometimes it gets really cold there. I'm like, oh. okay, not not Canada cold, but <laughs> compared to the fall in Canada, maybe something like that. Ah, awesome. And 
let's talk about food because food is life and everyone's connection with their home country. It always comes down to food. Do you miss the food? I'm sure you do. Have you found any Nigerian food here that, that really hits home and you'd recommend to other Nigerians? Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to food, we are lucky to have a huge Nigerian community, especially in the GTA. There are foods mm. that taste close to home like really close to home. And I have, you know, a friend who has sort of one of the best Nigerian restaurants, if not the best Nigerian restaurant in, um, in Toronto. So yes. Shout it out. What's it called? <laughs> uh, Maddie's Kitchen. It's off. Maddie's? Uh, yes, Maddie. Um, so it's Maid's, uh, if you were to call it the English way, M-E-D-E-S Kitchen. It's off of Weston and Lawrence. Yeah, and it's it, it it's good food. And you have a lot of African grocery stores. So whatever you miss from home, you can always buy here. Not always one hundred percent the same quality, but very, very close. So if you know how to cook, you do fine. And if you don't know how to cook and you're not married, you probably learn how to cook because I became a chef when I moved to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> you had no choice. You're like, oh, crap, I'm going to have yes, to learn how to make absolutely. it myself. <laughs> absolutely. What's your favorite dish? Is it, you know, yams, jollof rice? The jollof rice, that's definitely a bit of me. I yeah, jollof rice is, is great. Uh, I love yam. I love a lot of food. I wouldn't say one is my best because there are so many to choose from. And like you mentioned, there, there, there are different cities, states within Nigeria that have all kinds of food. So, you know, there's so many that are like, there's the Amala, right? It's you use your hand to eat it. I love it. Even from where I'm from, I'm from the Ogun State is like the close to Lagos. I I would say closest to Lagos. And, you know, there's a a dish there, which is called Ifokore. Don't try to pronounce it, Ifokore. A lot of people in Nigeria don't even know what that is, but I like it. And there's so many like that with different um, cities in Nigeria. So, yeah, but jollof rice is the national food. You go to every party, you have to see that and it's good. Yeah. Oh, and it's so good to know, you know, if you're listening and you're from Nigeria or, you know, from another African country that there are so many, you go to Toronto, especially there are so many different uh, grocery stores from all around the world. You'll, you'll be able to find something and then you might just have to brush up on your kitchen skills. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So let's chat through why you moved to Canada. So you made the the big move to Toronto back in 2011. So it's been a while now. You still feel like a newcomer after all this time? Sometimes I do. (laughs) It never goes away. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Sometimes I do. Um, you know, moving to Canada was pivotal in, uh, my, my life shortly before I moved here. I got a gig to work at the radio station, but they were almost going through bankruptcy. Why? Because there was fraud happening. There was no standardized payroll system or accounting system. So there was the issue of, you know, people taking money from the company. So with all of the experiences that I've gained at FEMA, I built a payroll system and a, a account of system with an Excel spreadsheet, you know, under the supervision of a consultant. And I thought to myself at the time, 
you know, this could be a great opportunity. There are so many small businesses in Nigeria who couldn't afford the likes of SAP, you know, the big enterprise software solutions. So I thought, why not go to Canada and, you know, explore HR? But at this time, I was now doing different things. You know, I had my bachelor's in economics. I was training as an accountant because I loved accounting in school. And now I'm thinking of going to HR. So I moved here thinking I was going to become a chartered human resources professional, which I am now, but I don't see it. So that's why I moved to Canada. And along the lines, you know, I found some impact projects that I really loved. And I had to dump that payroll journey. And it was at a point where I had to really think hard about what I wanted because, you know, I was halfway building that technology. And my mentor at the time told me, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You could just license a payroll software here and take that to Africa. But I thought to myself at the time, was I ready to go back to Nigeria? There was this project at the time is now a, a, a really big company called Romy. And the idea was we would get a, a tablet, preload educational content worth $5,000 on that and ship that to countries where kids don't have access to internet to learn on YouTube. And this grew like really big. You know, within a year, the company won Best Humanitarian Technology, MIT Solve Award, US Library of Congress. You know, it changed my life. And ever since, almost every project I've worked on have been impact-based. Yeah, I love that because, yeah, obviously you have that entrepreneurial spirit, but to know the steps that you needed to take, you know, how? why did you decide Canada was the country to go to? You know, why you obviously then got to Canada and then you knew which networking events to go to to make these connections with these mentors, with these coaches, with these people that have, you know, helped you along in your career. So how would, what would you say to people that are, that are struggling of where to start? You know, they maybe have an idea, but they're stuck in their home country or they don't, they don't know what the next step is. You've obviously just gone for it and taken risks. And um, yeah, there was a bunch of questions in there, but yeah, why Canada specifically? And, um, and, and yeah, networking, I guess was, was super key in all of that. Right. Um, why Canada first had so many family members in the UK and lots of friends too in the US. And if you were in Nigeria at the time, you know, your top countries would be the US and the UK. Canada, very few people, right? And I, I didn't want to go to where a family member was. I okay. wanted to do something different. I wanted to be independent. <laughs> and I wanted to, you know, you know, in Nigeria, we call it, we just want to also, I wanted to also make my own thing and just be me and do me. And, you know, getting to Canada, two weeks after I got to Canada, I was already making money. Mm. It was the time BlackBerry was still a big thing. And I got here, I went on Kijiji, bought a bunch of BlackBerry boat and shipped that to Nigeria. And within a month, I made over $2,000. So my friend at the time told me, why not just defer your education and pursue, you know, just try to make some money first, because at the end of the day, you want to make money. And I thought to myself, no, is this why I came to Canada? So I said no, and I went to school, and that was the best decision. You know, before I dish out any kind of advice, I always say everyone's situation is different. 
some people already know what it's like to live abroad. Some people are just coming straight from maybe Nigeria, India, whatever. They don't know what to expect. But for you to build anything, it's sort of like building a house. There's a building block, right? You have to get building blocks to say, this is where I want to be in 10, 20, 30 years. That's the first step. That's how I see it. And you've got to be proactive and say, what do I want to achieve by the five, six, 10, 20 years and build structure around it? You know, what community do I want to associate with? What kind of people do I want to surround myself with? Mm. You know, focus on the end game, you know, where you're headed. Don't be faced by any sort of challenges. There will be challenges. We're human beings and we can survive a lot of things. It's just how much we're willing to give in the process. It's all about first being true to yourself, setting your past to say, this is what I want to be. Very important because if you don't, you get an advice from someone and another one from another one and everybody's journey is different. Yeah, lots of different opinions. And also just not being scared if it does change, if if you have to pivot. Obviously, you're a staple child for that. You know, you came to Canada thinking you were going to start a payroll software and then you've pivoted completely. And, you know, now you have initiatives that, that give back and help other people in different ways. And you've, you know, tried out so many different things. So asking for help and, and, and opinions is great. And then just, yeah, listening to what you actually want and, and not being afraid of if it doesn't work out exactly how your goals were set. Yes, I mean, exactly. So, you know, when you're just coming to Canada, you have to be thinking about two things when it comes to your survival. You know, do I want to get a job? What kind of job do I want to get? Or do I want to start a company? Because you have people now who are already doing really well in whatever country they're in. They're coming with a lot of money and they have ideas and they want to start a business. Now, Whatever category you fall, especially if it's the route of, I want to get a job, you have to be thinking, what job do I want to be, will I be doing in the next five, 10 years? Mm-hmm. Okay. And preparing yourself for the jobs of the future while still maintaining the skills that you need for the jobs of today. Mm-hmm. It's good now. A lot of resources are online, easily accessible. You can, you know, People tell me they struggle to get jobs. And I can tell you in the past year, I've known people who moved to Canada and got like really good jobs before even stepping foot in Canada. That's because they learned the process and they started applying to jobs and then they positioned themselves really well. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of people that are struggling. Sometimes, you know, they say the Canadian experience As we speak, there's an intern who wants to move to Canada and wants to intern with Fiat Match. And he's in Nigeria, right? Mm. Those sort of opportunities prepares you for what is to come when you eventually get to Canada. Because in a sort of way, he's going to get the Canadian experience. And LinkedIn is there. You can see a lot of companies on LinkedIn. You can reach out, you know, create a good resume 
nobody's going to give you any handouts. You just have to help yourself. So key, isn't it? Because, yeah, you think that, you know, moving to Canada is the, is the hard part. You know, you've done the immigration paperwork and now you're here and you can relax. And there is so much work to be done to to for everything. You know, we'll go into finances. But, yeah, the, you're building your career. It comes up again and again on this podcast as one of the biggest struggles that people face. And, yeah, yeah it's it's a hard, hard work. And it's all about, yeah, exactly. LinkedIn is massive. And building your network and building up your connections and just not, yeah, not waiting for something to happen to you, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the movies. Yeah. The connection piece is, I would say, the most important mm. in the network. And you mentioned coaching as well. I'm interested in that. You said you had a mentor when you came to Canada. How did that come about? And was, you know, what value would you give to that? Right. So mentorship is key. When you get to Canada and you might know people, but if you don't know people, my best suggestion would be look for programs that, you know, you automatically get mentors, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe through school, maybe by attending an event. You know, when we came, there wasn't so many of that. Now there's, there's a lot. Yeah. You just have to Google settlement agencies in your area or yeah mentorship programs in your area join different associations to do with your industry um yeah if you're not an international student where you have those resources you you can just google it you can reach out to facebook groups um just trying to think outside of the box a little bit for where your people would live right you know i want to connect with someone who is a ceo of their own company or i want to connect with someone who you know is a accountant you know anybody you just have to think about who you want to connect with to learn from and then think about okay where is that person going to be hanging out where can I find that person you nailed it you 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 nailed it that's that's what it is you know just positioning yourself because without that it's going to be you know a struggle you're just going to be doing things maybe just going on the internet. Now there's good advice on the internet. There's bad advice on the internet. So yeah. uh, you have to be careful who you're listening to. But when you do good research, uh, I'm sure you would, you would find those resources. I mean, for me, the mentors have always been started from the programs that I did. Like when I was going to get into Waterloo, um, it was a highly competitive program. I needed three references, but the two that I got were enough. And they were from my postgraduate course. Those professors did the recommendation and I was blown away when I saw what they wrote. But that was because I was a good student. I wasn't a good student in Nigeria, <laughs> but I knew what needed to be done here <laughs> yeah. and I did it. So you have to do whatever it is you have to do in Canada. There's so many opportunities. There are people who just moved to Canada and they're running huge businesses, right? It's not just luck. It's them putting in the work. Definitely. Definitely. Amazing. Oh, I wish we could have a whole episode on entrepreneurship and business and building your career because you're obviously a great one to chat to about that. But well, let's get stuck into financial advice for newcomers to Canada. Obviously, especially since the pandemic, Canada has shifted even more of its focus to to immigration as as a solution to to rebuild immigrants to the country are key to you know filling in those labor shortages and and yeah strengthening the canadian economy so yeah the more and more of us are arriving with these big big dreams what 
what challenges do you see immigrants facing again and again when when it comes to their finances? A lot. A lot, yes. Uh, especially <laughs> when you're not, when you don't have information. Um, one of the biggest risks that you get into is when you get to Canada, a student immigrant reached out to me a while back and he said he had over 1,500 debt on his bill, telecommunications bill. And I said, how did you get there? You know, he said, you know, he got it and he was just using it. And there were cases of people who get credit cards. When we came, you wouldn't even get credit card from anyone. They wouldn't even offer you. Maybe TD would give you a thousand. But now the moment you come, especially if you come in landed through the express entry or whatever, you're being offered credit. Mm. And in Nigeria, there's nothing like that. That's why a lot of Nigerians, when they first move here, they don't um, like to take credit. And I know it is the same for so many cultures. So you're moving here as an immigrant and you want to build great finances. The first thing is credit, right? This country, almost everything is based on your credit, credit worthiness. You cannot buy a house if you don't have good credit. You almost cannot buy a car. You know, when I moved here and I said, when I'm going to buy a car, I'm going to pay cash down. The person was looking at me. Are you crazy? That's not done here. But in Nigeria, you have to have your money to buy a car. Nobody's going to do financing for you. So when you get here, people get carried away with that. Mm. And, you know, amass this debt, Mr. Minimum Payments. First, you have to get that sorted out. Yeah, I think it's an easy trap to fall into because you think, no, I need to do this. This is a necessary step to build my Canadian credit score, my credit history. So, yeah, let's get the credit card. And all these banks understand now that these newcomers are coming into Canada and they want to, you know, they want their bank to be your chosen bank. So they want all these amazing newcomer deals that they push out, you know, for, you know, a credit card without a Canadian credit history needed and, you know, no fees and all of that. And they entice you in. Um, yeah. But that, yeah, debt is 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 never good on a large scale. Um, you know, it's you have to be really vigilant about that. And I always say, you know, even if you can get that credit card, it is really important. I don't deny that. But, you know, even when I first got here, I would just use it for groceries, for example. So just use it for groceries. That's it. Every week you buy groceries. At the end of the month, you're paying off everything in full. Um, so that is a kind of a mindset shift. Like this isn't just free money for you to use now. It's, it's, yeah. it's a way of building your score and showing people that you can pay off your bill at the end of the month. So just pick something to use it for groceries or a phone plan or whatever. And totally, absolutely. And then pay it off in full. <laughs> yes. You know, building your credit is one thing. Living within your means yeah. is another thing. And that's a huge challenge right now. You know, the living costs really high in Canada at the moment you can come from a country where it's more expensive to live and you find Canada cheap but there's you know yes. probably the majority of immigrants come here and and are shocked at the prices especially right now so yes that is a massive challenge it's not that easy to get money right so when you get that money you have to be thinking of how do I double this money mm. what kind of investments can I be doing what kind of Side hustles can hide be doing. Those are the ways you build wealth in Canada. You have to always think about making extra money. Otherwise, you know, for the rest of your life, you're just going to be working really hard. You know, you're going to 
continue being taxed and there's there might not be enough for you to even live comfortably in retirement with inflation and all that good stuff so building finances in canada like you mentioned you know your credit you know using it minimally paying it off um living within your means whatever you don't need you can put it to later when you have a lot of money you can have that as a goal, I guess, right? You can have this quality of life that you're striving for and use that as motivation. Yes. But to to live that life before you're ready, uh, that's never going to end well. So Absolutely. And Canada gives opportunities too, opportunities that are untapped, you know, starting a business. You have internet, for instance. You're able to blog. Um, you're able to do a lot of internet businesses. You're not in a country where the internet is bad, where your, you know, chances are limited. You can learn a skill and be a trainer. You know, my advice to people who are close to me, unless you have a great job that pays your daily expenses or whatever really yeah. well, you should have a side income, something that brings in more income because you know, prices keep going up and you get to the stores and you're like, this is gonna, but my, my, my salary hasn't gone up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love talking about this. I've, I've helped so many of my friends, you know, monetize their passions. You've got to think about what you're passionate about and then how you can monetize that. And I find it, so, those conversations that always get me so pumped up because everything can be monetized. You think, Oh, no one's going to care about this or that, that I do, you know, you're, five steps ahead of someone behind you right. and you can teach right. that person something or you yeah. know you can make if you you know you're creative you can make stuff there's etsy and other websites like that you know the the yeah it's limitless sometimes i think it's <laughs> too good to be true like yeah. i have so many ideas you know i used to write ideas down every month um i i call it strengthening my idea muscle every month i'll write down an idea that i could be doing right now if i wasn't doing fiat match I would still have at least 10 companies that I could start. And wow, that's yeah. because I would look for problems. I'm always trying to solve problems and see, research it. Is this a nice to have? Is this, is this solving a problem? And, you know, somebody who recently came and he told me, you know, he's great at resumes. And I said, what if you create a resume template? Because we have resume templates that we're going to be putting on our immigrant library coming up soon. Um, but. You could create resumes and put that on Etsy. You know, I saw someone on Etsy sold their, their, um, the resume template for $2 and they have over 200,000 sales. I know. I always look at that and my mind is always blown. Like that you see the number of sales and I do the little math yeah. in my head. I do the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, so the, there's, so, there's so many opportunities yeah. with this content you know, driven world we are in now. And with AI, I mean, the opportunities are endless. Yeah, absolutely. What other financial struggles do do newcomers face? I think what I first thought when I asked myself this question is, is just the lack of knowledge of, of the financial system, you know, the cultural norms that that we have here in Canada when it comes to finances. I think the biggest problem that I always see is that it exposes immigrants to to fraud. There's so many scams out there. And I think that is a huge challenge that people face when they first come when it comes to their finances as well. Because yeah, it's all well and good saying, oh, I want to start a business. And then someone comes up to you and says, you know, oh, I'm 
you know, so-and-so and I can help you do that. Or, you know, you just get targeted by fake bank phone calls or the CRA or, or so many things are out there that, that specifically target newcomers. I feel like immigration scams. So yeah, I just wanted to, to bring that up and see if you had any um, insight on that. You know, that there, there's too many of that. Even me, I get those calls. There was one that really ticked me off. And this person clearly has my information. Mm. When they called, they said, I'm calling from, he said CRA. And he said something about, he wanted to speak with Mr. Salam. And I said, oh, he's not here right now. Is there a problem? And he said, you know what? There's a mother saying in British Columbia, they found my ID there, whatever, whatever. And now, you know, we need to find a way to sort this out. And I was thinking to myself, if I didn't know better, I would have been scared. Yeah. They make it sound like you're going to jail or you're going to lose all your money. And if they sound, sometimes they have the legit phone number that they can mask on your phone. So it shows Canada Revenue Agency. It's it's crazy now how believable these things can be. Yeah, it's really bad. You know, just last week, I was watching something about how good AI is. And there was this broadcaster that was shown, you know, someone heard a voice. And then they called a friend mimicking her. And the AI sounded like her. And she was asking her friend, you know, I'm in trouble. Can you send me money? Blah, 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 blah. And her friend was going to send that money because he, she, she, she was hearing her friend's voice, right? Mm. You know, Gosh. immigrants have to be careful. The second week, you know, the person I said moved here um, and got the good job. The second week she got here on a new phone number, someone pretended to be a bus and said she needed to send gift cards and she reached out to me i've got that email from my boss before <laughs> and she reached out to me like um you know because i told her a lot of things before moving here and it was the exact thing that i told her and immigrants continue to fall into this so you know one of my advice would be if someone calls you with maybe a cra number uh, which has happened to me even when CRA calls, I would hang up and call back. Yes. So simple. So important. You know, if you get an email from your boss, if it's anything to do with money, yeah, just stop the communication and reach out again directly to whoever's involved. And people like CRA, people like your bank, they very rarely are going to contact you in that method anyway. Um, you know, you would get a secure email maybe or, you know, just phone them directly with a number that you've verified online. That's them. And then you can verify whether that's a legitimate message or reach out. Just just it doesn't take a second, does it? Just to no, check. No, it doesn't. So immigrants need to be careful. And I know it's it, it. I can only imagine you go to a new country. You don't speak English. You don't speak the national languages. And now you're having to learn, you know, all this financial lingo and abbreviations and all of that. So even if it comes down to that where you're feeling overwhelmed and, um, you know, you don't feel like you have the power over the situation. A lot of banks now, they have so many resources in multiple languages. You can book an appointment with a real human, sit down with a real human, ask them your questions. If you're not sure about a phone call or a message that you've got, just call your bank branch and have an appointment with somebody that's real and they have things in your languages 
um, to help you as well. So I would look into that if you're unsure. Yes, yes. Well, that's a good advice. When you go to a new country, you always have to learn how things work in that country. And one of the best ways is, yes, there are bad information on YouTube, but there are good information on YouTube. Look at the person's number of followers, how many videos they 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 have, um, what are the comments that are being posted um, about them. And now there's so many vloggers um, talking about immigration, what to expect in Canada, how to cope with the weather, how to build your finances, all of these things. Find someone that is reputable. They would have several topics on several things. For instance, when I was doing my mom's application to bring it to Canada. I thought instead of going to a lawyer, I could do that. All I did was go on YouTube and I saw someone who put it step-by-step what you need to do. (laughs) So almost anything you need in Canada, you can find it online. When, When an immigrant get to Canada, one of the most important things would be, how do I make money to sustain myself? And one part of it is getting a good job. The second part of it is I'm making this money. How do I keep this money or how do I grow this money so that I have enough? Oh, no, it's going to be a whole nother episode. We need to talk about savings and investments and real estate is a huge one as well here. So, yeah, there's so much opportunity there as well. Is there that's just yeah, it can get overwhelming, you know, where to start with it? Yes. But the good thing is, as a nonprofit that is being created by by Fiat Match, we're doing a lot of things to help immigrants. We're coming up with the immigrant library and there are 13 categories in the immigrant library from finances, from international students. How do I write my statement of purpose? How do I get scholarships? Um, professionals, you'd have access to over 90 resume templates. Entrepreneurs, you have so many templates you can use. Housing, refugee, employment agencies, um, all sorts of things that you would need as an immigrant, whether you're new or you're, you're an established immigrant. It's called the immigrant library. And what we want to do is, you know, with our skill up programs, for instance, we want immigrants to have opportunities to make more money because we know when they make more money, they're able to help their families back home and it's open sourced, right? So if you're an expert in the field, you can create an account, put your content there, make it available to people who would uh, want to read what you have to say or your experience or learn about from your experience. Oh, that that sounds fantastic. We'll definitely put all the links in the show notes. So go and check that out. Um, and yeah, sending sending money and sending support back home and then also supporting newcomers that are coming in behind you as well. We're so good at doing that. We want to help other people that are just arriving in Canada. We mentioned it right at the beginning of the episode. There's no reason to struggle now. There's more and more immigrants that are collecting all of these resources and, and putting them out there. And the, the biggest point that you made was to just make sure that the, the person you're learning from is legitimate. You know, just read the comments, see the number of followers that that person has just to get an idea that, that they're legitimate. So, um, that is a key, key piece of advice. And, um, yeah. So where can people go to learn more? It's going to be in the show notes, but I just want to have it in the episode as well. If anyone's listening uh, to learn more about everything you're doing, the the library and Fiat Match, everything. Right. Fiat Match has the link to 
almost everything we're doing, even the immigrant library, even if you use the immigrantlibrary.com, it will still take you there. And what we've done with Fiat Match on fiatmatch.com, there's big things and big features that are coming that would help immigrants, you know, send money back home, make more money through investing and save more money. There's a lot of things we are doing um, that we're, we're proud of and we're sure can help reduce poverty. Uh, amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, thank you, Thomason, so much. I asked you how to pronounce your name at the beginning of the episode. I want you to say it again correctly, even though we're butchering it here in Canada. How would you say it? Okay, great. My full name is Oluwatomi Sin, which means God is worthy of worship. Um, and for wow. short, some people call me Tomi. Some people call me Tomi Sin. But, you know, from the first day I stepped into school in Canada <laughs> with Thomason. And sometimes I, I get myself calling myself, I'm Thomason, right? Thomason, but it is. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been so inspiring. I feel like everyone's just going to leave feeling really motivated to, to just learn. I feel like that's like the biggest lesson that's come from this is to just learn and grow and, and take risks, but, um, educated risks, right? And, and then you can't go wrong. Make connections and put yourself out there. And, um, yeah, Canada has so much to offer. So thanks for reminding us of that and for inspiring us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kate. This has been fantastic. Loved chatting with you and this is great. Keep doing what you're doing. It's helping a lot of us, you know, immigrants. And I really appreciate you bringing me on your podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for listening. It would mean the world to me if you could leave the show a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next time. Bye.